Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to another episode of the Ruler Tech Podcast. I am your host, Dan Cavallari, uh, all the way over here in Colorado in the United States. And joining me today for a chat, uh, we, we, you know, we, we hear a lot about uh, in the bicycling world, uh, a need and a desire to be environmentally friendly and eco-friendly. Uh, and by nature, bicycling, uh, bicycles in general, we tend to think of them as a, an eco-friendly product, that, uh, an eco-friendly sport. It's a great way to get around, get out of the car. And while those things are true, Manufacturing in general can be a very difficult thing to make eco-friendly and environmentally friendly. So I wanted to talk to a couple um, of, of folks who, are, who started their business uh, in the cycling world with an eye on environmental friendliness. Uh, and I wanted to find out what they think that means, what they're doing to cut down on the environmental impact of their manufacturing processes. So our fir- my first guest today... Uh, actually, is two two guests. Uh, I'm speaking with Peter Velitz and Martin Velitz, who are the co-founders of Isidore Clothing. They're joining me all the way from Slovakia. Uh, gentlemen, how are you? Hi, Dan. Very good. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Hi, Dan. Thank you. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. I know it's hard to uh, coordinate transatlantic uh, calls like this, but uh, I wanted to speak with you guys because you you baked into your business model uh, environmental. Uh, um, processes and and to be clear, both of you spent time uh, as pros uh, riding various gear, various clothing, uh, and then after your pro careers were over, which you know very successful careers I should add, uh, y- you you jumped into this venture. Tell me about why you chose clothing first of all, and what you are doing to uh, integrate environmentally friendly practices into your business yeah well for, we we always had like kind of a entrepreneurial uh, spirits in, in me and peter we come from a from a family that uh, owned a bike shop and we always knew that we want to do something on our own and um, ideally uh, we wanted to do it uh, while we're still riding our bikes uh, you know professionally and that uh, that's something that we succeeded and it was really Really good to have this this kind of a transition into into business. Then, when when already things were were set up and were actually up and running for a couple of years. And uh, for the second part of the question, uh, it, the, the story is very easy because we actually uh, from the very beginning we didn't even know that uh, you know all these all these buzzwords I would call them you know like uh, sustainability and uh, eco friendliness and uh, you know. 
so it, it was something that we felt like uh, we wanted to do and uh, this is the way we wanted to do it from the very beginning uh, that that would be the right approach to do to, to, to create a new brand or, or create a new business and uh, so it, it, it was just a simple choices we made from the beginning that we wanted to produce uh, as locally as possible we didn't want we didn't want to pack our products into plastic you know we were maybe one of the really hand like uh, just couple of brands that that uh, you know at that time uh, were uh, were packing the products into recycled paper or or a couple of years after that into uh, uh, compostable you know bags so and then once we once we set the the vision that we're going to do you know things with the with the lowest impact possible and it was very easy to to you know pick up on that and actually continue you know with these efforts as uh, the the you know the desire as you said at the very beginning for uh, for more eco-friendly solutions in also in the in the bike uh, clothing industry you know were coming in then we were already it's already four years ago when we were uh, the first brand that introduced the whole kit from recycled materials and it was only because we started so early with our suppliers it, it took us one year to really you know find the right fabrics to develop with them the right fabrics and to to really bring this uh, uh, these products to the to the market that uh, that uh, at the time I, I would say they were really uh, ahead of the ahead of the time mm-hmm. and so just to be clear uh, for those of you listening if you if you didn't catch it uh, martin just mentioned that uh, some of the clothing, if I don't know if it's all, you can clarify, Martin. But uh, some of the clothing Isidore makes is actually made from recycled materials and then packed into biodegradable packaging. So, is it all of your clothing, or just some of the clothing that's recycled materials? Yeah, well, that was four years ago. Then we we actually uh, introduced a whole line. It was a jersey and a bib shorts, uh, and then a long sleeve jersey uh, uh, and, uh, and a thermal bib shorts, which were which, which are made from recycled materials, right? And uh, but it was already four years ago when we started. Uh, three three years ago when it came to the market, and uh, but for, for for even for me, it's it's quite. Uh, uh interesting or it's quite funny how it all shifted we we call it alternative line because it was some you know you know it was alternative to to, to your standard uh you know bib shorts or a clothing that is made from from synthetic materials but it shifts it shifts so quickly you know for the last two years every time we develop something new we actually we start with with, with looking for you know recycled materials and only when there is uh, when there is uh, no choice, then uh, in terms of you know we don't uh, that particular material we don't get it in hundred percent recycled or you know it's just partly recycled, uh, then we only take the the virgin synthetic you know fi- uh, materials. So uh, what I'm trying to say that actually this alternative line I believe over the years as the as the opportunities to 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 choose for more environmentally friendly materials it, it grows this alternative line of ours will will become obsolete you know at the end of the day because you know the the the, the goal is to really to to make all of the clothing from uh, from a recycled material so and yes uh, now it's more and more. Uh, uh, products that we can we can bring with, with with recycled materials and also the products which are carryovers we we have these opportunities to change whether it's one or two materials into recycled we, we do it you know over the time when that product reaches the end of its useful life you know when a customer has used it and and it's basically at the end of what what is considered a usable time 
what is the end of that product product's life look like? Can they send that back to you for further recycling, uh, or is is are you, do you give them some sort of guidance uh, when they purchase the product and say, okay, when this jersey no longer works for you, here's what you can do with it? Yeah, I mean, like uh, I don't know how how in the US, but here in here in Europe, like uh, there is more and more. I mean, yes, to recycle textiles, it's it's very complicated. We we looked into it, and uh, we actually we are putting together a project when where people can really do this to to send us back their old kit, and we can we can together with a specialized partner we can we can recycle. But uh, we, we it's a project that that we actually do for uh, last six uh, months. But we were still not able to, you know, 100% say that yes, we can 100% recycle these these garments because it, it it blends of different fibers, and that's uh, that's something that uh, you know it it still needs some time to to really uh, uh, that this 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 kind of technologies you know will be will be there. But uh, uh, yes, by us we have like uh, we have uh, uh, containers where you can you know uh, throw out the the textiles and then they are are recycled the, the best possible way you know here and then it's also just to, just to make a conscious purchases to to you know to really uh, buy uh, buy less and and we we have uh, we have our repair uh, repair program where where we offer our customers you know free repairs so uh, yeah these, these are all these are all small uh, initiatives that we can do you know until we can really you know say that yes uh, all of the garments are recyclable. I want to talk about your packaging in just a moment, but before we do, uh, I want to get a sense because, like I said, I am in the U.S. and you're in Europe, and specifically in Slovakia, and so and that's where your company is based. Uh, and so I'm curious, when you started all this, were there guidelines within your country, within your city, and within Europe uh, that sort of gave you a blueprint for? Uh, what it meant to manufacture in a sustainable way, or did you have to really research that and, and seek that thing, those those practices out? I mean, there there weren't really a guidelines, but uh, as we were trying to look for uh, look for our partners, manufacturing partners, but that also means you know we as we we take care also of our supply chains of materials, so that we are also sourcing the materials. So the 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 most natural way what what we felt like to 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 you know to to be the most sustainable at that time is to to really consciously choose our partners and that means within europe that uh, that they come with all all necessary certification that they do uh, the the ocotex and the blue sign certification so that's the highest standards of ecological you know textile pro- production so uh, that was the natural way to start, you know, as locally as possible because, you know, the CO2, it's, it started to be for the last couple of years also a big issue and, uh, and a big, uh, big topic. And uh, I believe also this, this is something we also were not, uh, you know, thinking at that time too much. But, you know, now it's really a, a thing when, uh, when, you, when we produce within Europe, then, the, of course, the, the CO2 uh, Footprint is, is is way lower than you know if we would uh, if we would produce you know further away, so uh, it, there wasn't really a blueprint or anything. We just we just did things that you know we felt are the most you know that that will will leave the least impact you know if we have to produce something. And and just Martin just uh, mentioned there for those of you listening, if you want to research what what he's talking about here, it's on their website isador.com. But you can also uh, Google uh, blue sign, which is one word, 
it's spelled exactly how it sounds, blue sign. Uh, and then Ecotex, I'm not, I, st- I, mean, I knew I was going to mess that up. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's O-E-K-O-T-E-X. And those are sort of the guiding uh, uh, principles for, for the eco-friendly practices that you're employing uh, and sort of a good way to track uh, where your materials came from, uh, whether the places you're sourcing materials from have, uh, you know, uh, humane standards for their workers and things like that. So for those of you listening, those are two great things to, uh, to Google right now to, to see what, uh, what Isidore is doing to sort of track their sustainability. Packaging is such a big part of uh, the environmental impact for any company, let alone cycling. Uh, you use compostable uh, packaging. Can you tell me about that? What is it exactly? Is it, is it, um, I know there's like a potato based one, a starch based one. Uh, is that what you're using? Did you research different kinds? Uh, tell me a little bit about the packaging and how you chose when it. When we used to have, when we used to be professional riders, we, we got all, we got all these, uh, like tons, tons and tons of, of, of garments, you know, of clothes every year once you unpack it you are left with a you know pile of of plastic bags and we say okay this is not how you know we want to pack or this is not the experience our we want our customers to to have so that's why we started with the with the recycled uh, paper pack packaging and then came over to to uh, to the compostable packaging and and to to answer your question about uh, you know what can you do yes you, you put it into like uh, by us, it's quite uh, it's quite common now that uh, you ha- you either have these 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 uh, dust bins which are only uh, for a compostable you know uh, uh, let's say it's it's just the vegetables or you know uh, and this this kind of uh, waste and or you have uh, at your at your house uh, the small composter and uh, really we, we tried ourselves to to put this you know packaging or to to put these bags into into the composter and really in uh, like a four to to six weeks it's it's basically gone wow that's really neat uh so before we before we wrap up here uh I, i'm curious uh martin about uh the costs associated with some of these decisions you've made i mean does it cost more to get the compostable packaging does it cost more to get the recycled materials um or or was it actually was there a cost savings no i mean like from the from the beginning like it's of course it's it's it it takes toll on the research it takes toll on the you know uh the energy and time that we have to invest in in looking for all these opportunities then of course all, also the the cost of the materials are are higher but not that much higher actually than the uh the virgin synthetics it's it's somewhere in between 10 to 20% higher costs for uh, for the recycled version of the of the same fabric uh but yeah it's at the end of the day the, it it's n- it shouldn't be always like uh, about the the costs like uh, the, like what what we do and uh i think uh the real value i think the the, the customers we try to to approach uh, i think they will find the uh, the value in this uh, you know in the different way that uh, we really uh putting our effort to 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 do things this way and yes it is at the end of the day it is it is a little bit more expensive but uh yeah uh, I think it's the it's the fair price to to pay for if if we can do something that we will lower impact. Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna take a quick break here, folks, and uh, when we come back, we're gonna speak with uh, Adam Miller, who is the founder of Revel Bikes and uh, Y Cycles, and 
Revel here in the United States, they are a, a smaller company here based here in Colorado, and they do some pretty neat stuff with the uh, end-of-life uh, part of their carbon. Uh, so we'll hear from Adam Miller just after the break, and we will catch you in just a moment. Why, hello there. Podcast interruption alert, but I will only take a few short moments to say that if you're enjoying this podcast, you will love the regular magazine. So if you're not a reader already, then you can subscribe at ruler.cc for as little as six pounds per month. If you don't speak Northern Irish, that's six times 100 pennies. And for the price of a few coffees, you get regular columns from the wonderful Ned Bolting, myself, Orla Shinaway, and some of the very finest independent cycling journalism there is, all wrapped up in a wondrously beautiful publication. Go to ruler.cc. I'll leave you to it. So my name is Oren Peleg and I'm an investor in Lekka. Three things that really caught my eye. The first one is, is they're looking to change the insurance industry, which is a very large industry and I think needs change. The second thing is, is I'm deeply passionate about getting people onto wheel. We need to address our congestion and pollution crisis, and I believe that two wheels have a massive role to play in that. And the third thing is, I can see a growing trend around companies building on the strong communities that they have. And I think Lacquer's business model in the way they tap into the community of cyclists is something that's very much on trend at the moment. Welcome back to the Ruler Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cavallari. And now that we've heard from uh, a clothing company in the bike world, uh, I thought it'd be interesting to talk to somebody on the hard goods side of the bike world and what they're doing to increase sustainability and and eco-friendliness. And so here in Colorado, where I live, there's actually a really cool company, and it's the company that makes the mountain bike I ride, which and I love it. Um, I'm actually staring at it longingly right now. <laughs> and so on the line right now, I have Adam Miller, the founder of uh, Revel Bikes and Y Cycles. And Revel Bikes recently started uh, within the last, what, year and a half, I would say, started making their own wheels, uh, Revel branded wheels. And they're really interesting uh, because before launching these wheels, Revel thought about the whole life cycle of the product. And uh, that went back to... Um, basically considering the materials that were used to create the wheels. So Adam, how are you? First of all, I'm great, Dan. It's, it's fantastic to be here. I, I am down in Mexico for a couple of days, so um, life's good. I can't complain. It's been pretty hectic back at the, uh, at the home base. We have a, actually a couple new bikes we're coming out with very soon here. So, um, yeah, I got some pretty, pretty sweet new stuff we're working on, which is, which is always the fun part. Can't complain. Well, congratulations on the new bikes. I can't wait to see them. Uh, and you know, you're, you've I've known you for several years now. And you're you're a pretty you're like a serial entrepreneur. We should call you. <laughs> you've always got something cooking. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, when you launched uh, Revel Wheels, the whole story with Revel Wheels was, oh boy, another another carbon wheel. Do we really need it? But yours is different. Uh, it's made from something called fusion fiber. Can you tell me a little bit about fusion fi fiber and how you found it and what it is exactly and how it relates to your wheels? Absolutely. So fusion fiber is, it's, it's basically, it's a type of composite material, but it's not traditional carbon fiber. Like we all know it, like what's made, you know, what all carbon bikes are made out of, what our carbon bikes are made out of the one you're hanging on your wall there, uh, or what other carbon wheels are made out of. 
um, that's a, the, that type of carbon is called thermoset. Um, fusion fiber is really a type of a thermoplastic material. Uh, and I feel extremely lucky. I mean, I, I'm, I, I was a total bike nerd as a kid, working bike shops, you know, just thought bikes were the coolest thing ever. It was the one sport I was kind of good at everything else that, you know, <laughs> wasn't too, wasn't too proud of my athletic abilities. Biking just kind of clicked for me as a kid. Sure. Um, so I started a few businesses and I, and I just feel like I, you know, I've gotten very lucky to be able to kind of live my bike nerd kid dream. And the fusion fiber wheels were like the next big step in that. So I'd launched Y cycles in uh, 2016 um, after I uh, started and sold my first company Borealis. Uh, and then I launched Rebel bikes at the same time in 2016. And, uh, it took about four years to develop all the Rebel Bikes products. We launched the bike line in, in March of 2019, so just a few years ago. And now I think we're up to like 24 people in our in our facility in, in Carbondale, and it, it's just been going great. Um, I, I've been lucky enough to have some really neat mentors in the bike world, uh, and one of them, uh, who I actually just got off the phone with earlier today, uh, is uh, Joe Stanish. So he was one of the main executives at Envy Composites, and he was there for quite some time. Before that, he worked at RockShox. He was actually a World Cup downhill racer for um, a few different companies in, in the 90s. Um, just fantastic guy. So I had been talking with him quite a bit as I was working on developing the Rebel products through 2016 and 17 and 18. And we'd, we'd sit on his porch like once a week and just have chats about business bikes and making things. And he kind of, he, he was really helpful and, you know, helped give me a lot of, you know, neat advice about, about doing this stuff. And one day he said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm working on this thing. We're working on developing this new material and process and method of making wheels. Um, you know, do you want to partner, not even wheels, just method of making stuff out of composite material. He said, do you want to partner up and be the first brand to, you know, to launch a product with us? And I said, you know, hell yeah, absolutely. That's you know, pretty, pretty neat opportunity. Um, and so we started talking about it and basically it's, it's a thermoplastic material, which a lot of companies are, are starting to experiment with, uh, Boeing and Airbus are, are using a similar type of thermoplastic for, uh, different products in, in aerospace. Um, some helicopter companies are, are using it too. Uh, it, it, a thermoplastic compared to traditional thermoset carbon, uh, is significantly more impact resistant, um, by like, you know, several hundred percent. Um, it's similar weight, but it's a stronger product. So you can, it's really, you can build a lighter weight product with the same, uh, uh, you know, for the same strength characteristics. Um, it, and there's really neat ride qualities when it comes to wheels. So Joe and I were talking, we said, okay, let's make some wheels. That's kind of the most difficult product to make. Um, but it also has some really good benefits. Um, the, the, the thermoplastic material, um, has a nice quiet, damped feeling ride. And you can really notice that in wheels. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of high-end wheels and I'm pretty sensitive to, to good and bad yeah, things about yeah, them, right. which is unfortunate because that yeah. means I spent a lot of money on wheels. <laughs> ruins everything. It ruins day. your wallet. <laughs> it, it totally does. I, mean, I, I wish I just liked, you know, basic aluminum yeah, wheels, but yeah. probably, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> it's all part of the fun. Yeah. So the, the fusion fiber material is, is, it relates to carbon, but it is not necessarily the carbon that we see, we've seen throughout you know, the history of carbon in the bike world. Yeah, it is. So the, the, the raw fibers are the same. Um, you know, a lot of it's Tori or Mitsubishi or, or other brands, um, of, you know, T700 or T800 raw fibers. It's the bonding agent and the curing agent that's different in fusion fiber compared to traditional, um, carbon fiber. So traditional carbon fiber has epoxy. So it's, you know, just think of the same stuff you go buy at the store, you mix up, you know, the two chemicals and you let it sit for a certain amount of time and it hardens and it's, and it turns into a glue. That's the curing agent for thermoset. Uh, carbon. 
uh, for fusion fiber, it's, uh, we use a, a nylon material. It's plastic, plastic bags. Um, it's recyclable. Um, the, there's several benefits, uh, but a very big one is the ride quality. So if you think of epoxy, you know, if epoxy drives on your workbench, you can kind of chip it, you can break it, you can crack it. It's very brittle. Um, and you feel that with certain carbon wheels. When you hit a sharp rock or, you, you know, you go up a jump, you can kind of, and if you hit the rim, you can kind of hear a, a ping, a brittle sound. Fusion fiber is a little bit more of a, of a dump. It's a, it's a quiet, damped. Um, if you think of a piece of plastic, um, it's plastic is flexible. So on the fiber level, you know, the, the agent that, that glues all those fibers together, it's flexible. So those, those fibers stacked on top of each other can kind of bend and move and, and just form and come back and you feel it in yeah. the right quality. So, so you happen to stumble upon a material that's, that offers a, a, a ride quality advantage, but is also, uh, more sustainable, more eco-friendly. Tell me about that end of it. Now, Revel has made a big deal about the fact that your wheels are recyclable. Tell me about that. What did you do with the first wheels that came off the line to, to show that they were recyclable? What did you, what did you make with them? What did, how did you dispose of them? What, what was the process like? It was pretty cool. So Joe and I were talking about this new material and how much stronger it is, better, lighter, and it's all made in America. And it's actually a robotic manufacturing process, the environmental. Um, we talked about, you know, how the benefit, the, you know, environmental friendliness of, you know, a, a product that takes like 300 times less energy to, to create 300%, sorry. Um, you know, all these things were checking all these boxes. I was just so excited and thought, hey, this is going to be the, you know, the next best thing. Um, and then it was after a few months and, and Joe and I were talking and Joe kind of said, yeah, you know, we figured out, you know, we can, we can actually recycle this material too. And my, my jaw dropped. I thought, you know, that's, this is already amazing. Now Joe has figured out how to recycle this material. So I said, we're going all in with that. Um, one of my goals with my businesses has been to try to create a more, you know, more sustainable, um, uh, products, manufacturing processes, everything's one step at a time. I mean, at the end of the day, we're still making products, but Hey, we all like bikes. So, um, you know, we're not going to, uh, solve the world's problems by, by this, but I think if we can do small things slightly better than other companies and always have that in the back of our minds of, Hey, let's be a little bit more environmentally friendly, a little bit more friendly towards, uh, workers and laborers, whether in America or in other countries, um, that's better. We're selling bikes for fun. Let's make sure we build them in a fun way that is more earth friendly where we can. So when Joe told me about the, the recyclability, I thought that's just going to be huge um, for me at least, and hopefully for people who buy the, <laughs> the products. Um, so we decided that when we launched the, the wheels, we talked quite a bit about the environmental properties and the recyclability of them. And uh, just a month or two after we launched, we came out with the first product made out of the recycled scrap material. Um, and it was a, a tire lever. So we made a, a single cavity mold, uh, not a very efficient way to make a ton of tire levers, but we wanted to show the practicality. We weren't just, you know, it wasn't snake oil. Um, it could be done. Uh, and it was kind of the first product made out of the scrap recycled material. Um, and the tire lever works freaking awesome. It's this big burly, like, you know, it, 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 it just works really well. And, and that was really cool for me because we definitely had a lot of people that were a bit skeptical about this, you know, recyclability aspect of it. And then to say, boom, here's a product that we made out of this. Now you, you also did something else, which I love when you launched Y cycles, which you still, you still run, you still make bikes with Y cycles or titanium. 
Um, and one of the things that you launched, I believe with Y was that if you purchased a Y bike, you could get it shipped to you in a reusable, uh, bag rather than the traditional, uh, box with the, you know, pipe material and the zip ties, which by the way, zip ties are evil. (laughs) Like they are just the worst thing for the environment. Um, how did, where did that come from? Did you just say to yourself, boy, I don't want to deal with cardboard and all that stuff. Or did you actually, was this a conscious decision to not only just add value to the overall package of buying a Y cycles bike, but also, I mean, was there, was, did it factor into the sustainability angle or was it just something that sort of came along with that? A little bit of everything. And we actually did that with the Revel bikes too, for about the first six months of selling Revel. Um, uh, my goal was, Hey, let's not, the amount of cardboard that's wasted in my bike company every day. I mean, we recycle everything. We pay a ton of money. We live in a small town in the mountains. We pay a ton of money to recycle stuff instead of throw it in the landfill. Um, and maybe it helps me sleep better at night. And hopefully it makes a little bit <laughs> of a good positive impact. But there's so much wasted packaging material. And we're just a bike company. I can only imagine what you know car companies and every other big industry does. Um, the bike industry is not environmentally conscious, even though a lot of us buy these bikes to go ride outdoors and ride outside. I mean, I don't even think it's political. We just want to have trails that are pretty to look at with less pollution in the air. I mean, that's, we, I think, I feel like that's something every single mountain biker can get behind. So I figure we should be doing things that, you know, uh, actually we want to, we want to live it. We want to do things that we actually believe in. So the reusable travel case was, was certainly that it was, Hey, let's not waste the cardboard box. Let's give people this case that they can have for years. I mean, those Evoc bike cases are great. Um, and they can reuse it to, travel with their bike or ship their bike or, or whatever. Um, and it, it, it was pretty interesting. It went over really well for some people, but we actually got a lot of feedback, um, from our customers who kind of said, well, I don't travel with my bike. I don't uh, want to use this. And I thought, well, that's, you know, I love traveling with my bike, but, but, you know, ever, ever, everyone's different. Um, but, but it went over really well. And we actually, then we started a program where you can ship that, that bag back to us. We gave a shipping label, so it didn't cost the consumer anything. So it was truly, um, reusable multiple, customers would get their bike in the same Evoc bag. And if they wanted to keep it, they could, if they didn't want it, they could send it back. So we got to save all the cardboard and plastic and like I said, zip ties. We actually, we can't find recyclable zip ties. We've tried, but they don't exist as far as I know. If anyone listening knows about it, please, please let us know. Um, so it was actually unfortunate. We, we stopped doing for both Y cycles, and rebel bikes. We stopped shipping our bikes in the reusable travel cases, um, purely because of cost. We had ordered, I, I, it's the biggest order I ever did. We were a whole container, you know, hundreds and hundreds of these cases. And uh, it was right about the time that some tariffs were implemented um, with inbound products from Asia. And I was sleeping in a friend's hotel room at a trade show in Taipei to try to, you know, save money and keep costs low. And I, I got this bill that came in for the, you know, tariffs for these travel cases. And I thought, well, as much as I want to be as environmentally friendly as possible at a certain point, it does need to make business sense. And th- th- that was a hefty hefty blow. So we, I do hope we can implement that again in the future so we can ship bikes in reusable cases. And and we are planning to do that, but we are sadly having to look at the costing and financial side of things for now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a business. And I think people forget that about the bike industry with a lot of, you know, the, the complaints about bikes going up in price. Yeah. It, I mean, this is an industry like any other, the, the companies are not in business to, you know, they're in business to make money. That's what businesses do. Um, and so everything that all of these things we're talking about with, with environmental friendliness and all that has to be balanced with 
you know, the viable business model. And so I think that gets a little bit lost in the shuffle. In the minute or so we have left, Adam, I do want to circle back to the wheels real quick. Um, the end of life for a wheel, say I have a wheel here that's a Revel wheel and I know it's recyclable. Can I just toss it in the recycling bin? Can I send it back to you? What is that process like? Yeah, so so no is the answer. You can't toss it in the recycling bin, unfortunately, but we take everything back and we cover all the costs for that. So um, most of the scrap material that becomes you know, recyclable material is from manufacturing scrap. So you get a big roll of material, you cut out the shapes that we need, and there's little pieces on the edge that, you know, just normally in any other factory would just get swept into the trash can. We save every single one of those, even when you drill the spoke holes and the little bits of material that come out of the spoke holes, that all gets swept up and tossed in the recycling bins. There's zero waste in the manufacturing process. If you do happen to break your rim because you're running 12 PSI and you hit a rock and you drove over it with your car or whatever, we offer a lifetime warranty. You call us up, we'll send you a shipping label. It goes straight back to our factory in Utah where the wheels are made. Uh, you get a new wheel built usually within two or three days and we ship it right back to you. Um, we take that rim, we pull all the vinyl decals off, we run it through a big chipper. It gets chipped up into little one inch um, pieces of composite material. Uh, then it gets heated up, compressed, and then it can get turned it can turn into all sorts of other products. Well, so Adam, if, uh, if, if we have piqued the interest of our listeners today, and, and just to be clear, you make mountain bike wheels and gravel wheels, so worth checking out. Um, if, if, they, if, if their interest has been piqued, where can they find uh, you and Revel uh, on the social medias? Yeah, uh, Instagram at Revel Bikes and at Revel Wheels. Uh, if you go to revelbikes.com, everything's on there for the bikes and the wheel side of things. Uh, wheels are sold in all sorts of bike shops all over the country, as well as, you know, worldwide cyclery, fanatic, uh, competitive cyclists, a few places like that, or straight from us online. So hopefully you can find them if you take a look on the internet. Very cool. And, uh, and all of you out there listening, if you want to ask me any questions about this podcast or any of the other tech podcasts, you can find me at Brown Tie Dan on Instagram and Twitter. And of course you can always reach out to Ruler Magazine at Ruler Magazine, uh, on the various social channels. We would love to hear from you, not only to hear about what you think about this episode or any of the other tech episodes, but also just if you want to reach out and give me suggestions for topics you'd like me to cover on the Ruler Tech Podcast, I would absolutely love to hear it. Uh, Adam, thanks for joining me today. That was really fascinating. Uh, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Dan. Looking forward to going for a bike ride at some point here. Absolutely. And for those of you listening, thanks again for listening to the Ruler Tech Podcast. We will catch you on the next one. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.